0: Hey, Vanan, didn't expect to see you bright and early today. God, we are trying to, we're trying we we're back on, on weekends now. Are we then? <laughs> Let's not make a habit out of it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's something we wanted to touch base with our listeners on. Yeah. Because Parliament is this week. Yeah. And we believe that there's going to be a topic coming up that has been quite,
1: maybe not so well discussed in political discourse. It's right a tricky now. one. Yeah. It's a tricky one. And there must be other policy nerds out there like us who are probably... Looking forward to this discussion.
0: So seeing how it is Monday morning and maybe in the next couple of days, there'll be a lot of news about this topic. We thought we wanted to look at specifically SICA and more broadly, the issues related to equity in the (laughs) middle class uh, and lower class of Singapore in terms of
1: jobs. Yeah. And also to get the facts right and clear. So that, you know, even though it's a big topic, at least let's let's put out the the right arguments and the yeah. right information out there, yeah. So we can discuss this. So let, let's just set set the table first, mm. and you know what is SICA.
0: I I think SICA at the core, right? Not what you hear from everybody else who's not in the government slash like social media. SICA is just a free trade agreement. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Singapore has twenty six free trade agreements right now, and uh, over the last fifteen years these 26 free trade agreements have allowed investment to flow into Singapore that has created 380,000 jobs for locals. And at the same time, it has also brought in about over 110,000 foreigners into Singapore, but also a huge amount of capital. Foreign direct investment through the free trade agreements has increased 500% in that same period and has really helped Singaporeans and locals increase their job uh, prospects, increase the salary and... You know, in in a period of time where, you know, Singaporeans, the increase in productivity is a bit slower than we would like. The only way to boost our economy without bringing in more people is to boost the factors of our production. And having more capital through free trade agreements is one of those important ways.
1: Yeah. And I think it is it is maybe an important to note that Sika itself doesn't have anything to do with India or the Indian uh, undertones that are that are being associated with right, it. Right. SICA for you know those people who really want to know and maybe get quizzed one day. It's the Comprehensive Economic Cooperation Agreement, yeah, which then makes it SICA, and it is part of twenty six other free trade agreements. So, yeah. you know, putting it into context, it is a very valuable asset for a country like Singapore to have. But that
0: part of SICA is not why it's going to be in the news this week. Would you agree to that? Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's the reason why it has not been used, <laughs> yeah. and that's probably what's made it news. So, so why is Sika going to be in the news this week? Well, for for a multitude of reasons, mm-hmm. but uh, for the purposes of trying to unpack this a little bit, I think it has been wrongfully linked by various members of probably the public, and you know, regrettably, some people within politics as well mm-hmm. as uh, an open door gateway to issues surrounding immigration. Uh, possibly linking it to racial inequalities within within the country, and also more importantly, uh, linking it to um, Singaporeans' access to jobs, particularly yeah. payment jobs.
0: Well, you're you are very diplomatic in the way. You well, what what has it. to be then? <laughs> but you know, uh, how I explain it to people is that I think you're going to hear about CISA this week because it is used as maybe a tool to propagate some kind of fake narrative about race and inequality in Singapore.
1: Yeah. And um, it is it is very normal for times when people feel more marginalized in the yeah. economy and the society to kind of get angry and riled up about certain things. So we want to make sure that uh, you get the facts.
0: But in the midst of this political discourse, at the heart of the matter, I think there is a real tangible issue that is helping this narrative of Sika propagate, and th- that is, of course, the idea of whether Singaporeans are getting a fair cut.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, let me try and uh, bring this a bit more closer to home, uh, Mm -hmm. if you may. Um, Sika, if anyone's wondering if it's been a success in terms of improving trade between the two countries, absolutely. There's an 80% increase in Singapore's trade in goods and services uh, with India, which is, you know, in the grand scheme of things, massive, almost in terms of more jobs, which is the the link that we're trying to do, there's almost 100,000 uh, more locals employed in 2019 by Singapore-based companies that have invested in India. Now- oh that's almost a six-digit uh, jobs growth, right? Yeah. Because of Sika, the amount of employment pass holders who have increased from 2005 to 2020 has been uh, from 65,000 to 177. So that's been a growth of almost 112,000. Right. But if you put that in context, the local PMEs have also grown because of CICA. Yeah. For that exact same time period, we're looking at about almost a 400,000 yeah. uh, growth. Yeah. So... You know, you're talking to one to the ratio of four kind of jobs growth for local PMEs. Yeah. That's exceptional. That's the kind of growth standards that any developing, um, uh, any developed country yeah. <laughs> like Singapore, I should say, should be settled. Um, I mean, most of those job growths have come within the financial sector and mm-hmm. the info communication sector. Mm-hmm. Um, those Which are, are high salary, Exactly. Um, so in the finance sector, almost 20,000 of those jobs have uh, come to uh, Indian nationals. But at the same time... Uh, 85,000 extra jobs have been created for local Singaporeans. And if you look at the direction that Singapore is heading, the direction that the economy is heading, finance and Infocom are probably the two most um, resurgent, vibrant economic areas that we should be looking at. So definite draw, definite success. But it's important, I think then, to say that SICA is a free trade agreement that has got us all these economic benefits. And then we're going to kind of put Not a comma, but a full stop to that, right? Mm, Because mm. the issue that is being discussed uh, very much in relation to Sika is what does that mean in terms of Singaporeans feeling anxious about job losses, about cementing better jobs in the future? Now, those are are separate issues. We have to be um, aware of not co-joining issues and problems into one. I think it's easy to get sucked into an issue because you feel that certain things are out of your control and like every other country and every other person in another country who are dealing with this, the blame culture continues. But I just wanted to say before we unpack this issue to everyone that you don't have to feel that by not blaming Sika, you then cannot feel that there's a there's a situational change on the ground. Yeah, That you then cannot support local or mid-level Singaporeans who are looking for aspiring PMED jobs. Right. And I think that's one of the things that we are going to unpack, right? Because we have understood that the level of qualification for employment PASS has, has increased. Same for S-PASS. The amount of scrutiny mm-hmm. that has gone into the FCF, which is the Fair Consideration Framework, which sets out the requirements for all employers in Singapore to consider the workforce in Singapore fairly for job opportunities. Those are the things that we should be focusing on. Mm. There are lots of on-the-ground issues that you know, when you translate from an opportunity that's being arising to ultimately a Singaporean getting that PMED jobs, there are structural challenges along the way. And we need to accept it and we need to find the right solutions for it. Yeah. And part of finding those right solutions are that we should be looking at the problem that is the right problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think when we were looking through it, uh, you know, that it is, it is a difficult issue for a common person to unpack because there are certain uh, rules and there are certain guidelines for companies to follow. Uh, That, you know, in a way protects, or at least we hope they will protect uh, some kind of local level employment. But perhaps there are gaps um, in this. And I think we need to deep dive um, into this. We hope that the parliament discussion this week touches more on these aspects and less on the fact that this is a polarized issue that has a political stance. Uh,
0: You know, what what I want to add is that I think the government doesn't have much to answer for in terms of Sika, right? It doesn't make sense to push the government to defend it because there's nothing to, to defend based on the data mm. that we have. And actually that is the miscalculation maybe by the opposition, which is that the government does have something to defend in terms of its fair employment practices. There is real angst on the ground, I think. And I think by focusing on that, you know, that real angst that people have, The discussions, the debates can be better. So Should should be be better. better. Should be better. (laughs) Will be better, hopefully. So on that note, I think, you know, we are trying to keep this short. But our key takeaway, Vanon, is that the FTAs and fair employment practices are separate issues. They don't equate to each other. And hopefully in this week's parliament, the people debating it or the people trying to debate it remember that and try not to politicize it so much that
1: the messaging is kind of like lost in the weeds, right? I mean, Sika is not fair employment practices. Let's fix fair employment practices in this country. It's a problem everywhere, and I think we can do better. But we need FTAs, and hopefully that message comes across loud and clear. You know, for 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 everyone who's being represented in parliament, um, they have an an important, valuable asset, which is that they bring information from the ground to a public place, mm. and we should hear it. We should be tabling questions. We shouldn't be afraid to do that. So let's let's hope for a first world parliament. <laughs> Um, and you know, let's hope for an interesting discussion and let's, let's hope to, to dissect this, um, topic further. Yeah. Okay. All right. On that note, um, please, please keep your comments coming. And, you know, we've just also added an Instagram account to our growing list of (laughs) two social media accounts. It's called the local dispatch. Um, and just for the fun of it, we've called local with a K. Yeah. So try and look for us Follow us Send us your comments And we are excited To see what this happens
0: And, and you know If you like this show Or think it's useful To someone you may know uh, If you have a parent That listens to a lot of Fake news Or whatever <laughs> uh, And you want to Set them straight Do give them a share And um, yeah. hopefully They will listen
1: Yeah On that note Goodbye Singapore